0: Hey, you up? Can we talk? All right. Hey, you guys, it's NW here. Um, so I got the chance to, um, I guess, interview this, uh, cool ass company called mttg and it stands for more to the game um it's this basketball player who i went to school with and he graduated and his uh, major was in financing so he gave us a look into his company um, as far as how it got started the inspiration behind it um what his experience was uh i guess he went pro um overseas And unfortunately, he came back um, sooner than he wanted to. So he told me the story behind that and all that stuff. That was pretty cool. So I'm going to drop the clip right after this. And um, I guess I won't do an introduction into it. You'll just hear like a little beep and it'll go into the actual clip. So right after this, you'll hear from it. All right
1: all right so thank you for joining me um introduce yourself and your company um, and give us a little bit of background.
2: Okay, yeah, I'm glad you guys had me on. Uh, my name is Trayvon Barnes. Uh, I am the CEO and founder of the More to the Game platform. Uh, we do YouTube, Instagram, any type of media for athletes. We have three goals with that, and that is show athletes they can have a life and passion outside of sports that play, to create some business and personal finance content from athletes for athletes, and to provide a platform for underappreciated athletes. Um, I started this uh, platform in January 2020, and it's, it's grown, and we're uh, happy about the direction that it's going. Um, me personally, uh, I'm a graduate of Hampton University. I have, I have a bachelor's in finance, and I'm from a small town in uh, called Fett, Alabama. So everything with me is, uh, is about giving back to the people that have helped me get to where I am today, because where I'm from, most people don't make it. So with this platform, um, I decided to create it when I had an injury because I'm a I'm a professional basketball player overseas. Uh, I was playing in Bulgaria, mm-hmm. and I had a, a life changing experience when I had my first ever uh, serious injury. I tore my ACL. Um, after that, I realized that as an athlete, you go through life so unprepared for you know real life. So the idea for the platform came from that, and I've just been pushing ever since uh, along the way of me trying to get back on the court. So. That's what I'm uh, active right now, back in basketball.
1: And so this was so from your personal experience with was it just being a student athlete or being an athlete in general that this inspiration came?
2: It's both because when I had my injury, I was you know out of school at that point. Like I said, I was professional, but as mm-hmm. a student athlete, I feel like that is a time where you're supposed to get your stuff together. To be set up, not just for being like a professional athlete or whatever, but your life in general. And that's not even just saying like you're a job. Like it's just the things that you need to understand about life, whether that's just about you having your own brand or you being financially literate or you just understanding the the ins and outs of how the world really works and not you know what you've been taught to believe. So I feel like the the way you grow up as an athlete. It does not prepare you for that. And the the mm-hmm. way your life is set up in college as a student athlete, it still does not prepare you for that. So that's where uh, I got the idea.
1: And I'm glad you said that. So um, my cousin is now going to school. He's a freshman. I think he's going to um, – I forget the name of the school, but it's in Ohio. It's Erie College. That's what it is. It's Erie College. He's going and it's in Ohio. Um, and he plays football, and he got recruited. And I'm so proud of him, but the issue is I'm nervous that the school is going to take advantage of him. And I've tried to give him advice um you know, like don't don't do there's nothing wrong with these majors, but don't do majors because the I feel like the school puts that on you. Um and you can correct me if if you uh if you will cuz I mean, these are all rumors that people have heard about, like, what athletes go through, where the school puts you in majors, like, easy – not easy majors, because no major is easy, but majors that, like, don't benefit you sometimes, like, uh, sports management or – what was what's the other one that they do? Um,
2: uh, like they, Liberal studies or
1: yeah, – Yeah, yeah, like, it's, like, majors like that, and it's, like, there's nothing wrong with them, but it's, like – I feel like they push it on to these kids so they can focus more on football or, you know what I mean, they're not distracted so much by their their work from what I've seen or what I gather. I guess, can you give us some light, shed some light on that that type of, that rumor, I guess, that people think or misconception?
2: Oh, it's it's definitely true. Um, As an athlete, (laughs) yeah, as an athlete, I mean, me personally, I was always someone who cared about my school. I uh, graduated at my high school, even though it was a very small high school, second in my class. But most people, like, they come to school, you know, for the sport. They're not really, really, they're not really thinking about a job or a career or, you know, the importance of education. So a coach, this happens at all levels, a coach will, um uh, will have you maybe in, like, an undecided major at first, and then they'll just throw you into, uh, Whatever major is has the easiest people that you are most connected to when uh, they figure out a uh you don't really care. So they'll put you in something like liberal studies or a sports management. A sports management is a is a real major, but just depending on where you're getting it from, it, it it's kind of not or uh, criminal justice or you know something along those lines. And you will have a high GPA, but you you may not have you may, may not even graduate. I know a lot of guys they went to college or Five years, and any of you are close to graduating, but they somehow stay eligible and If you do graduate, then the degree that you should do get i mean is useless yeah. and that's what a lot of degrees like the the trap of being a college athlete is you go into that school, you get you put your body in the line, you' sacrifice everything mentally physically the whole the whole thing. and you come out of there with no money because you don't get paid to be an athlete and mm-hmm. No no job opportunity because the degree that you got, you either, you either did graduate or if you did graduate, it's in a field where you can't get a job. So that's definitely true, and they definitely will push it on you no matter what sport or level.
1: So I guess for kids like my cousin, what advice would you give them?
2: I would say you need to take a long uh, a long look at yourself and what you enjoy in your passion. When I, when I came out – I wanted to be a sports manager major, kind of, because I wanted to be uh, my career path. I thought I was going to be an athletic director. But, uh, mm-hmm. but then when I was visiting schools and everything, I figured out that uh, finance uh, could give me a down that track. It was a better uh, it was a better way because a lot of things that athletic directors do have to do with the business side of it. So I decided mm-hmm. to do finance. And then along the way, I learned that uh, I wanted to do finance, not even just to be an athletic director because I could possibly still do that. But just because I love business and I love uh, financial literacy and everything that goes along with it, so it's a, it's it's a combination of just trying to learn yourself and learn what you're passionate about. And when you do, you know, try things out. You know, you have you have that first year, year and a half to sort of play around with it because you might not be taking a classes in major. But just trying to experiment with what you you're passionate about because that's the hardest thing, trying to really figure out yourself at a young age. So try to figure out yourself and don't let anyone tell you what you should be measuring in, because if I did, I, I wouldn't have measured in what I did.
1: And I'm glad you give that advice, because maybe maybe those kids will listen to you, because I feel like when others say it, it's like, I don't know, I don't think, I don't know if it's because you're not an athlete and you don't understand, and that's why they're, uh, <laughs> you don't listen, or it's just, you know, the mindset that every kid has at that age, where it's like, okay, you're getting old, I'm not listening to you, because my cousin definitely does not listen to me, and I say the same thing you are saying. So, <laughs> my next question, I guess, follows follow, um, follows along. Along, oh my goodness, Jesus <laughs> Christ! Follows along with that um, with that topic that we just talked about. I guess, do you feel like schools take advantage of athletes? Oh, one hundred percent. I mean,
2: obviously. And so a lot has to do with the coach um, that you have, but the school in general is built to take advantage of you. So the first misconception is that schools are not a business. Colleges, all colleges are businesses. That's why they charge you so much for tuition and everything, because they're trying to make a profit. If you it. The coach uh, is, is separate. So the coach, you know, he has his salary and everything. So when he gets from you, with, and what he gives to you is, you know, supposed to based solely on his character. So if he wants to actually make sure that his athletes are actually getting uh, a degree, a useful degree, and are also performing in that sport to set themselves up for what they're gonna do after college, then that's me, That's on him. But the majority, they just want you there for that sport for those four and five years, depending on if you're or get injured or not or whatever, and then that's it. I was fortunate enough to have a coach that looked out for me out there. Um, I graduated because he allowed me to do my rehab and everything at the school. So I, I can't say it about my coach, even though that's some other things that go on in a situation that I don't remember with. But it's, de- it's definitely settled to take advantage of athletes, because you, you, you graduate, like I said earlier, you graduate and you don't get any money from playing for those four or five years. Your body might be beat, but you've mentally defeated and everything. And you've got to go into the real world. And the real world will chew you up and switch you like nothing. So, it's definitely a system that's based on exploiting your talents and not giving you anything to, to prove for in your life.
1: So with your platform um, or your company, if you will, what do you do um, for kids who are entering in that type of atmosphere, like as far as college, being a college athlete? Do you guide them? Do you give them advice? Um, do you work as like their mentor? What does your company do for those students?
2: Okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was see the same platform because right now we're not doing like any type of business, any type of transaction. We're just creating content that we're educating and empowering least. But what we what we are aiming to do is to to create content that will highlight those things that we talked about, and then give you the skills that you are lacking. Because, like I said, the second goal was to create some business and personal finance content. So within that content, we have a series that we just now are building up called the Business Athlete Series. And that series is about, like I said, creating some business personal finance content from the of athletes for athletes. And with, within that content, there will be we bring awareness of the situations that college athletes, you know, are going through or, you know, will go through. The first episode we did was talking about is NCAA scam. We talked about the trap, everything that we talked about so far, the trap of being a college athlete and how, at the end of the day, you don't get anything out of it. So this one segment, and the first goal, like I said, was to show athletes coming have a life and passion outside the sports that they play. So showing athletes that they need to prepare ahead of time for life after sports, and showing them that it's possible by having athletes that are doing it every day in your face on our platform. Wow.
1: Wow. So I guess what was your favorite video that you've done or content that you've done
2: so far? Oh, uh, my favorite, my favorite video probably would be the savings and budgeting video. I mean, that's really, that's only the, the the second episode of the business edgey you We have one and two. We dropped those on the same day. That's that's my that was my favorite one because, like I said, I'm a finance major and I care about you know finance financial literacy. That's mm-hmm. my favorite, but. Like the, the most fun video is probably debate uh, episodes. Uh, there's just some fun content to entertain uh, athletes and might like, also show they have like a lot of passion. You know, because people that are good, like, as you can see, like a guy like a Stephen A. Smith, can you know be can have a life beat just on the fact of debating you know, sports and, and topics and everything. So that's another uh, another thing that we try to put out there. So that's probably the most fun segment. But I I enjoy. All the videos, even the podcasts we have with with people of different situations, and just learning about their stories and highlighting the that they went through. Every time we get done with one of those episodes, I feel good with myself. And I definitely enjoy those as well. But everything I I, I try to, i only try to put in the content that I actually enjoy and and get some type of feeling out of it, you know. So when you give
1: those financial advice, is it based off of things you've learned personally, or is it, um, like, did you do something? Well, I know you did professional, uh, uh, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I should not be struggling this hard to talk. Jeez. Um, I know you were (laughs) working professionally overseas. Um, but did you dabble maybe in, like, an internship? Because I know at Hampton you have to have an internship. I don't know. Well, yeah, you have to have an internship in the business department to graduate. I think you need, like, one or two. Um, well,
2: it depends on your major. The business, uh, the five MBAs, they had to have an internship. But the regular uh, business majors uh, don't have to have an internship. Well, all the ones that I know. But I did do a slight internship um, Working for a non-profit company for like or um, two, but with basketball, and sports in general, you really can't do an internship. So that's another thing the athletes don't have at your disposal. So you can't, you could can do an internship. I mean, you can, oh, so technically you can do an internship because
1: summer school and summer workouts
2: are not mandatory. Technically, but if you're going to be successful on the court, or on the field, or whatever your sport is, you're going to need to be there for summer workouts. I mean, I had a teammate that did do an internship, but he also wasn't someone that uh, played a lot of minutes in, in, on the court and you wasn't someone that really, you know, was trying to play basketball after college uh, kind of as well. So it's, it's, it's kind of like, what are you really like trying to do with it at that point? You could skip out of summer or, or you could, you know, try to better yourself on the court and in the eyes of the coach, you know, you got take that into consideration when it comes to like, out you minutes in the fall. Hmm. Uh-huh.
1: And then, as a senior, how do they? Um, I guess how do they help? Because like you have to graduate. So, are there just some things that they do to help, or is it kind of like you on your own?
2: If you if you uh, if your major requires an internship, obviously they have to let you do it. The person I was talking about their major requires, so they let them do it. Um, but outside of that, no one really needs to take an internship because of the majors uh, that we have, you know. So. If you if you happen to have an internship, that's what you're doing. Man. Usually, the guys on the team don't have any majors you know, that need an internship.
1: Oh, lucky! Almost
2: <laughs> <I'm the first>.
1: cursed. <laughs> I'm I was a marketing major, and I had to get a, um, an internship. So uh, lucky, you know how stressful this it was. But um, <laughs> Now So I guess where do you see your company in the next like year? Five years, ten years? Is this something that you could see yourself doing? Or is this just like a, I don't want to say hobby, but
2: like a side thing? So um, I see, like, like you a said, I see it actually being a like, company I within a year or two. Uh, actually, like, having things set up to where we uh, make money off of it. But that's not the, that's mm-hmm. never been the purpose of the goal. But I feel like when you when you go to a certain extent you have to because it's just that's only being financially uh, aware, you know. You can't just like by being an athlete, like you go through correlation and you do it for fun and you do because you love it.
1: But at the end of the day,
2: the real world hits and you have to you know, make some money off of it But I definitely do see it being um a a uh extreme income for me in the future. I I wanna grow it to be as large as it's be. You know, hundreds of thousands of followers and subscribers and all that. Um, that I definitely see it being that big. I want it to be a platform that is so and so big that it can have a profound impact on athletes of all ages and all spaces. I want it to be a national and global brand. I want more to the game to be seen everywhere, everyone to know about it. That's, that's definitely where I see it being. But um, I don't, not I don't see myself doing this as my, my, my. My primary uh, job was social income because my passions, even though I'm very passionate, I enjoy doing this. My passions do still lie within basketball. And when I get done playing professionally, I want to have a coaching career. So I see I see this being something that I do passively on the side as my coaching career and have it settled to the point where I necessarily don't need have to be that active with it and just be the decision maker and everything and the logistics just So that's how I see it being.
1: Oh, damn, that was very inspirational. That was really good because if you would have asked me that same question, I'd be like, shit, I don't know. I don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> but.
2: Yeah, I, think, I think a lot of things, I'm a very strategic type person, so that's a lot, a lot of my days I spent thinking about the future.
1: Yeah, yeah, I need you in my corner because I am not a strategic type of person. I am very, <laughs> I am very gone with the wind. Um,. Well, yeah, I'm not at all, and none of my friends are either. I think I attract more people who are like, you know, like me as far as mindset. Like, you know, I felt like going to Las Vegas today, you know, okay. and my my trip, my flight is tonight, and I just booked my ticket. Like, that's the type of friends I have. So, we're not strategic oh, yeah. at all. <laughs>
2: okay, but a <yeah>, we <laughs> <completely laughs> you can't be all strategic, spontaneous activity, so it's definitely the balance. Well
1: I balance it out. That's why I get like significant others who are strategic. <laughs> because I know for a fact if it's just me and someone else who thinks like me, I dated someone that was like well, it was like a boy or girl version of me and it was just it was not it. It was not it. Yeah. we never we got nothing done at all.
2: <laughs> but <laughs>
1: So, um, what, okay, so what helped come up with the name more to the Because I do
2: like that name. I'm glad you're saying that. I'm glad you do like it. <laughs> because it's funny. It's very funny. The, uh, the idea, the entire idea, was, uh, changed so much within the first, like, five months of creation. So, I got injured August 28, 2019, mom's birthday. And, I had my uh, surgery November 1st. The name, in between that time, the name of the creation was trying to change. Because at, at first, the original idea for the platform was just the business mm-hmm. athlete episodes. Which, which is funny because those, that's the live content that was made. Like, We didn't get around to creating that content until a month ago, or a month and a half ago. But that was the original idea. It was just me, business athlete, because my business personal and and finance. Like I said, because that's like one of my passions. But mm-hmm. then I realized there are so, so many other things that I can do with that channel, with that platform. So I I was thinking of making it, you know, a platform for everything. But mm-hmm. even though I'm a comedy fan for life and everything, but Bernard is like one of my, is my biggest influence in terms of like role models, um, not just for athletes but just in general. And he had um, a movie, uh, uh, More Than a Game, or, is it more than a game?
1: Yeah, 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 no, 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 I know what you're talking about. It, it, I think it is more than a
2: game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had uh, an interview, uh, and, uh, a movie titled it. So originally, I was like, hmm, I'm going to, this is inspired by him. I'm going to name it uh, more uh, more than the game. And then like, I was doing like a little uh, practice. Uh, because I, I, I was an H.U. this past year doing that we have in surgery. And one of the guys on the team is a scripts major, and he needed me to do like this little uh, interview for his project or whatever. And it, at that time, the, the, uh, the content was about to drop. Uh, the National Flip Channel and Pac everything was about to drop probably like, uh, i say, uh, a couple weeks from now. And the name was still more than a name. And then I just was thinking about it. I just said, uh, I want to move to the game better. And it is not exactly like a copy. Or, or, you know, it's, it's, it's even, you know, less uh, a copy of what he was doing. So I said more to the game. It sounded better. It looked better on paper. And uh, I changed it. Because in that interview, it was still more than a game. We were talking about it. Even though it you know that interview was not publishing anything. But that interview actually ended up being the uh, the first video of my channel, but we reshot it. we was going to reshoot it anyway because we needed to get everything right. So the very first episode, we had just really found a name like a few uh, a few days a few weeks ago for it, so that's how I came. Up with it. it sort of just it just came to me.
1: Wow. Yeah, now I don't want to tell you my story about mine now. <laughs> like <laughs> mine was not like that really? at all. Um. So I had. I mean, I knew the theme of, like, again, like I said, this was the very whimsical person to me. Um, when I started, I'm not going to lie, I didn't have anything together. Like, <laughs> I'm still learning. Like, I mean, that's just with business. You're you're always learning. Whether you're strategic or not, you're always, like, you may come up with a plan and it may fail or backfire and then you have to be like, okay, well, I did this. Let me um, change it this time. But for me, no, I was not like that. Oh, I did not play anything else. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I love talking. Um, and I based my, I guess, podcast or company um, off the fact of a lot of my friends or the people I talk to have always been like those late night conversations. Even in school, like I remember I was in the Wilder till like three, four in the morning just talking with me, Breon, and like a bunch of other people. And we got like the security guard involved. <laughs> so because I love talking, I was like, Oh, that makes sense for me to do something like this. Um but to come up with my name, I knew the theme was gonna be, you know, the late night hey you up text. Um but I didn't know the name. So I did Insomniac. That was the first one.
2: And
1: I figured there was, like 5 6 different insomniac uh yeah, podcasts already. <laughs> yes, I was so pissed. I was like, what the fuck? So I was trying to play mm-hmm. off of that. I was like, okay, I can I can do insomnia something else. And it just didn't sound right. And so then um I was like, oh, I can do night owl. My my family used to call me on that when I was a kid cuz I would always stay up late. Great. Mm-hmm. There's like 3 4 5 of them. Too. <laughs> <laughs> So I did, um, Nyctophilia. I had looked up online, like, um, alternatives for insomnia and whatever. And Nyctophilia turned up. It was a song, it was originally a song, so it's not a real fucking word, but it was originally a a song, um, I want to say from like the 80s from this rock band or whatever. And they gave a definition for it. It means like, you love the darkness. You find relaxing, relaxation and calmness in the dark. Um, and so I turned it around and put a holic next to it to make it sound like, you know, you're addicted to it. You're addicted to the nightlife. You're addicted to that. So that's where Holic" came in. It's a tongue twister, but the the story behind it I really love. So I've never even told anybody that story.
2: Oh, it's funny, because uh, when I first saw the name for, uh, I was looking for, like, Romaniac,
1: I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's going on? It's yeah. okay. My, um, my mom, she called it something way worse. She was, uh excuse my language, y'all, but it was, what did she say? Oh, uh, she said Negro fi- Negro Philaholic. I said, what? <laughs> she said, yeah, I saw your little Negro Philaholic uh podcast. That's said, oh, you're so ignorant for that. <laughs> but no, so I'm I'm happy to know like where the name comes from. I always like uh hearing companies tell them their story behind their name. I definitely think the story behind your name gives like I don't know. It it, it definitely speaks a lot of value volume to your company and like where it's going. As,
2: yeah. as far as, like, the inspiration behind the theme of it. Okay. I can hear you. I'm sorry? Did you ask a question? I
1: can not hear you. i on speaker. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. No, I was just saying, I love to hear the story of um, companies and, like, how they came up with their name.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like it, it definitely gives you insight on... Um, not only the theme of the company, but where it started and how it started, so yeah. I always like hearing that, okay, yeah. so now we're just gonna ask some silly questions about your company or for your company if you could manifest something for in for for your company in your company or um that your company can do or sh- would be
2: able to do, what would it be? I would I would definitely say having uh, an a interview with uh LeBron James is uh it's like I said, he was the inspiration for a lot of things that I do in my life. Um and it's, it's funny because I was able to do the uh, Monday motivation for his uh his platform uninterrupted. And that, that, that really got me really busy over these past months, 'cause everything sort of took off um, over the past uh, month or two. When, when I was able to do that, 'cause I got a lot of attention from that. So definitely getting an uh, interview or just some, just some type of conversation with LeBron about everything, everything in general, like with his platform, with his life, with everything, basketball, anything. I would just love to be able to pick his brain. If he was, if he was able to like see us growing and prospering, he was able to. Just you know, give us a little bit of time. There'll definitely be something I would love. Wow, I'm
1: surprised you said LeBron. I mean, I know a lot of guys look up to LeBron, but for me, I think I've heard more of Kobe. I don't know if it's because of his passing or what, but I've heard a lot more guys say Kobe.
2: Yeah, Kobe was my role model growing up. He's my favorite basketball player. I'm a Lakers fan. Kobe's my everything growing
1: up,
2: and I still love him to this day. You know, like I said, rest in peace. But uh, LeBron just—he—he he, he was able to provide so much, so much more inspiration for me off the court, and that's the uh, the part of my life that I'm that I'm, I'm focused on now, really, like figuring out things for life in general. And I feel like he's done a great job of bridging the two of being a basketball player, being a being a successful basketball player, and also being a successful man, entrepreneur, husband, father, and everything. So that's why LeBron means so much to me. Yeah,
1: because then he started um. I'm, I'm try, I am I'm call myself keeping up with sports. I'm not that good, but um, didn't he start a clothing company? That um, was him. Right?
2: I don't know about the clothing company. I know he has, like I said, the owner
1: Some clothes. I won't say clothing he company. Has but he has the, some clothes. I mean, he has his,
2: his, uh, his, little, his logo and everything within Nike. I know of. Um, and I'm pretty sure the Uninterrupted the brand they have clothing. I know they've been promoting that. And I know he has this entertainment company for movies and everything. has got to start. So it's, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's, it's clothing. <laughs> oh, I
1: thought it because you know why, again, like I said, I don't keep up with it that well. But I saw on social media that's the worst way to start a sentence. Okay, so But I saw on social media um, they were talking about Like, his shirt and short set, I think he wore it to, like, their first practice that they were able to go to since this whole corona thing happened. And it was, like, a short set. It was gray. And it was, like, I know people were complaining about the cost. They were, like, it was, like, $500, $300. I don't know. Something like that. It was, like, $300 for the shirt and, like, $300 for the short. And people were, like, going crazy about it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I don't think I heard about that. I know he definitely has
2: uh, a lot of different outfits that he puts on
1: the pregame and everything.
2: You know, but I, I really haven't heard about that. You know, now
1: you're about to make me uh, sit there and act like a detective because I refuse to see him look crazy like, like I'm <laughs> not
2: sitting here. <laughs> I every. Mean, I don't know. To me <laughs> okay.
1: Oh, this is a good one. Okay. So, playlist. Um, you have to pick 10 songs, um, and these songs will work as, like, the soundtrack, not only to your life, but your company as well. What would the songs be? 10?
2: Hmm.
1: hmm? I have a good team. Yeah, you yeah, to pick ten. That's a that's a soundtrack. No soundtrack is like five songs. That's a lot of songs
2: though. I'm gonna have to go for the I'm trying to remember all the songs, just like that. Um fine, I'll yeah, give you so, it. I'll give you five. Okay, five. And, and it, it's related to my company?
1: It's your company and your life.
2: Okay. Uh, like it's your
1: soundtrack for your life and company.
2: Okay, okay, okay. I mean, I'm not going to pick them based off of uh, off of the songs that I like. I'm going to pick them based off of me name the song. So, let's see. The first song would be Damn Bad. Um, it was on a Dreamville album last year, I think. Um, just because you know, my company started when I was damn bad um, in a bad place. And J-Code definitely... Uh, to meet in those times, <laughs> but down bad would definitely be the first track. Uh, okay, then, huh?
1: No, I was saying okay.
2: I okay, do like it. Okay, then two will be also in Virginia Coast, you know, Home for the holidays.
1: Wait, say it again?
2: Home for the holidays. That's the old Virginia Coast, huh? okay. right? Uh, just me coming back home and everything being like, because I was overseas. And I, I had to go back home, and that's when I was, like,
1: getting everything
2: situated for the channel and, and everything, and you know, and my surgeries and everything like that. Uh, then three, let's see. Uh, never needing no help, little baby, because uh, when I was first started, like, when, when everything first started out, um, I had, I was trying to get people to help me, then a lot of those people fell off along the way. And, and I was still able to keep it going. Mm-hmm. And new people maybe to join mm-hmm. and they were even better than those people I originally had. So never needed no help. No oh, baby. My uh four let's see. Uh four, four. I know what five is. Four is uh Hmm. For This would be a random song because there's a whole lot of random stuff that's been happening. So I'm just going to pick one. Uh, who's that? Uh, uh, what's the drink song? Is um, said the what? what? The drink song is just dropped. What's the name? Because then I feel like that was a random song that was just dropped at a movie you know his album is coming out? Hold on, give me one second.
1: Damn, but I didn't even know he had
2: one. So
1: right. I said I didn't even know he had a song that dropped.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's very random. I mean, I'm looking at Last, last Man Crying. Um, that'll be four, because I don't think Last Man Crying really applies, but it's just random. So that'll be four, because there's been so many random things that have happened since uh, the uninterrupted, um, even the uninterrupted um, thing was kind of random. Like, there's a lot of things been happening randomly with, uh, with the platform. And then five would be uh, ride wave rise to riches. That would be where I see the company being in the future, from starting from the bottom zero followers, zero subscribers, to be a, one of the biggest media companies, especially within the realms of sports and athletes and empowerment in the world. So that'll be my five.
1: I like that. So okay, so based off your last song, what would your legacy be?
2: My legacy would be that I was able to come from a background that is not um, not popular, Well, not, not popular, but just a t- coming from a tough background, small town, small, no resources, going to an HBCU where even though it was, it's one of the best HBCUs in Hampton it's not the same resources it's not looked at it the same as, you know, other bigger schools. Um even even with overseas starting hopefully like I see my career take uh, taking off to where I'll be able to be at one of the bigger the bigger leagues, the bigger teams overseas and everything in the future. Uh, being able to come from the smallest and the, the least resources possible to being this guy that was able to try not only be Successful on the court of basketball, but also transformed why he was doing that to having this media company that's you know globally renowned. You know that that's that would be how I see it. Tomorrow. I'm coming from this small little town, this small school, this small team to being a guy that's not that's even bigger than just being. An athlete. He's a great athlete, great businessman, has a great media company, and is still doing things in every avenue possible.
1: So, you keep talking about this small town. I want to know,
2: where are you from? Okay, yeah. I probably skimmed over a little bit at the beginning, but I'm from the Alabama. This is a town of less than 40,000 people. Um, in, in Eastern Alabama, the, uh, the Georgia line, so I'm 90 minutes from Atlanta. And it's, you know, it's like I said, it's <laughs> a I basically know everybody, <laughs> everybody that comes through. And, it's, it's, it's good because you have so much support and everything. I, I, don't, I don't think I ever have to worry about uh, getting thrown in jail out here. I also, obviously, unless I deserve it, but like, you know, for like speeding yeah. or, you know, I remember mean, I, mean, I was in high school. Um, and I, I personally don't believe I really learned how to drive well until I got to college.
1: But I remember I
2: was dropping somebody off at the uh, practice or whatever. Uh, mm hmm. I, I was driving down the street and I, I do not really go down that much, and I just ran right through a stop sign. It was right by the, uh, the police station, and it was a police car actually sitting over there, and he said, hey. And I was like, sorry. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty good here. <laughs> so I'm girl, yeah. <laughs> crying. <laughs>
1: that would not have happened here. Like, your ass was gotten a ticket. You would know? <laughs> have
2: yeah, I mean, I, I got pulled over once uh, back home, but it's just uh, the fact, you know, they knew who I was. They saw me through the car they knew where I was. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely home. They'll definitely look out for me here for sure. I'm not going to touch my left, there.
1: That's what I need. It's up here. they are like, nah, nah, nigga, you're getting the ticket. I don't care who you are. Damn. So, when I say this, please don't be offended. It's just the Northern in me. You don't have a country accent. Like, I was <laughs> expecting to hear, like, a, my mom over there, like, type of accent.
2: <laughs> yeah, people say that all the time. Um, I lost my accent when I went to Hampton. Um, uh, I, I feel like I'm somebody that, I'm like a sponge. So like, I absorb so much because I learn, I like to learn, like, and I like, I like to experience a lot of different things. Uh, because, like I said, I was kind of sheltered and cut off being in a small town like Going over to Hampton, I sort of like took pieces of everybody different language, uh, like the the lingo and the slang and everything. Yeah, and along, and along the way, I just lost my accent, so it are just a plain accent, I guess. But when I definitely before college, my roommate slash best friend, he told me he understand what I was saying when we were talking, so I definitely lost it along the way.
1: Yeah, because I have a friend from out, and he's from Montgomery,
2: and yeah, he
1: yeah, when he talks, I'm, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I feel so slow. No, so that's cool. I definitely understand the whole, like, because Hampton is so big on, especially the students, so big on, like, regions, mm-hmm. I could see people, like, having that. Because I know I came back home to New York, and my family was like, what the fuck? Like, you sound country mm-hmm. as hell. Like, I, I can't remember. Oh, my aunt has yelled at me, and I was like, "Why?" I was like, "Why are you yelling?" And she was like, "What?"
2: Then
1: <laughs> immediately my family was like, "Oh yeah, no, you're not allowed to go back to the south now until we get that
2: out."
1: <laughs> so I definitely
2: get it. Um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a big. they definitely do that happen, and um, you, you, yeah. you, you're able to take, uh, you're able to take different parts to different cultures because it's not to me. Hampton is not a Southern culture. I feel like it's more of a DMV culture based on how everyone acts so bougie and everything. So I I, I I think.
1: I feel like it is too because there's some. I feel like it is as far as like how many people from the DMV go there. I feel like there's a lot more people from the DMV. DMV Mm -hmm. and Atlanta, those are the two places that you see a lot. I mean, New York is the third one, but the two biggest as far as Southern takeover is DMV. And um, what's
2: it called? Atlanta. Yeah, definitely, especially Atlanta because it's um, it's a um, like a black person hotspot, you know. It's like, yeah. You know, I'm pretty person sure is like the blackest city in the country, and if you're not getting the it's a you know, more house of where you don't want to be, you know, that close to home. If you're right in Hampton and get, you know, some experience. Yeah, I um.
1: Honestly, I think I learned a lot about the different regions just based off of going to Hampton because there's some shit that, so I didn't realize how many, like, songs did not reach up north, and I don't know if it's because northern people are very arrogant, I'm not gonna lie, we (laughs) are, like, (laughs) my geography class in New York, People think I'm joking, but I'm really dead-ass. Like, we did not have geography class. Like, even though it said geography, geography class, the the material that we were learning was nothing but New York. Like, it was like, okay, you have these, these states here. That's great. But the most important one is New York. And literally, we learned shit that I don't even think is necessary. Like, we learned our state animal, our state flag, our state song. <laughs> like, there's no reason why i need
2: to know that state
1: stuff. Brains. Huh?
2: I said that's more of a state prior class.
1: <laughs> I guess, because I was, like, I didn't understand. Like, when I moved to Virginia, I went to high school there. And their geog- geography class, like, you learn about the actual, like, land. And I was shocked, and I failed my first test, <laughs> because <laughs> I was, like, oh, like, you guys really care about other states and, like, what they have to offer. That's cool. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, New York didn't give a shit. <laughs> like, at all.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, in Alabama, you have to, you're going to learn about everything else because, one, there's not much you're going to be talking about, about Alabama, and, and two, you talk too much about Alabama, you're going to be talking about big stuff in the past.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, the, the North, they don't, they're very arrogant. Like, they're like, oh, there's other people here in the state? I'm like, oh yeah, you were. No, but and then I saw um, how snooty we are with music. Like, I saw the difference between like I don't know if you caught this, but like my best friend from Atlanta, I'm from Hampton, is from Atlanta, and she would Mm -hmm. take me to the South Pack parties, and just hearing the beat alone. So I'm a lyricist and a beat person. Like I listen to the beat and the lyrics before anything else, and. Mm -hmm. The beat, like as far as the north, it's kind of like that aggressive, like hard, like yeah. And then, like I don't know, the south is kind of like not. I don't say bippity boppity, but like <laughs> <laughs> like it's a it's a like a twerking, like a fast beat twerking song, I guess, like a hype.
2: Yeah, the and thing,
1: yeah, and there's like the, but I learned there's a lot of songs that did not make it up north at all, like you know how many songs Nelly had, especially with these verses coming out? Nelly had a whole bunch of songs that I was like, I ain't never heard of that.
2: Like, at all. Yeah, it's definitely, it's uh, definitely a divide when it comes to music. I feel, I feel like between New York music and everything else. Because, yeah, you guys are... <laughs> nah, it's
1: okay, you can finish for what? I finished Oh wow! Wait, I didn't hear that. I'm so happy the phone cut off. <laughs> that was that was hurtful. It's only okay when people from the north say it. Uh. From the south, when they're from the south or anywhere else, it hurts. It's like, oh damn. If you
2: said it, I feel like I was okay to say
1: it. No, okay, you're fine.
2: <laughs> I know we are. We're aggressive
1: and arrogant. We're just assholes. Bye. <laughs> I- <laughs> So, something that you think everyone should experience in their lifetime? Because you talked about experiences that you had. So, what do you think people should experience?
2: Okay, with experience I feel like you have to experience the good and the bad. So, with the good, I definitely feel like people should experience uh, seeing seeing uh, different parts of the world, different parts of the country, and understanding so much more to life than what you're. Uh, what you're taught and what you're, what you're led to believe. So when you have the, I want to say the awakening of how much more there is to this world and to this life, everyone should have that experience or that moment in their life. Um, but with the bad, I feel like everyone needs to get to the point where they don't, they don't see a way that uh, they can accomplish what they want to accomplish, but they're, able, they're still able to push through that and get to where they're trying to go. Because that's how my channel uh, came out. Um, I didn't. I didn't really know what to expect going forward um, with my life. Because with, a, with an injury like mine, it's like a lot of people do come back from, you, and especially with technology and everything. people, it's just like a more and more common injury to come back from. But you still never know.
1: So in that moment,
2: I was forced to to really evaluate myself. And I feel like that prepared my life for a whole never level than you could have possibly gone without. it those uh, those two experiences
1: so my next two questions um and feel free to answer in any order so the first one is um one sorry about the whole acl because i know that i know that hurts. like i know that hurts um but i guess do you think you would ever play again or is that something like because i i don't I've never had it happen to me, but I've had a friend that has happened to. And, I mean, she played still, but I don't know, like, what goes all into it. So, I guess, would you ever play again? Is that something that you were thinking about? And then my second question was, um, so, because we talked about the whole North versus South versus, you know, everyone else, blah, 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 I guess, what would you say the difference is or your experience with being overseas versus here in the States?
2: Okay. So first question uh, about me playing. Um, I've been actually rehabbing and, and everything ever since my uh, surgery. So uh, I just got cleared uh, two weeks ago, so this has been my second week back playing basketball on the clear working out. So the whole goal, since my injury was to get back overseas, and uh, I'm definitely working towards that. And hopefully within the next month and a half, um, I'll have the country mm-hmm. you know, depending on want really knows what's gonna happen with anything about uh, sports wise or life wise. But uh that's definitely been my goal since the jump. This is just the, the channel was something that I've been doing in between that. But my my uh, my active income is, is definitely basketball right now. Um, and the cha- on the channel like one of, uh, one of the bigger parts of the channel is my rehab documentary. Uh, I'm going to drop another episode of that soon. So me rehabbing and getting back overseas, that whole process, that's definitely uh, a staple of what I'm, I'm trying to do right now. And the, the, the biggest hurdles with that is just not only getting back to where you were, really strength wise and, you know, stamina wise and skill wise and everything, because I'm not really worried about that. It's just the mental hurdle, you know, not worrying about when you're Goes into that issue. You but your um, second question about the difference between overseas and the space uh, space life, um, I, I mean, my injury happened very fast. I got injured eight days into training camp, so I was only definitely two weeks total. We Again, I'm flying back two or three weeks total. But in that time, I was able to see the differences. One is uh, in Europe, the uh, Asian percent is like 14 or something. It was very weird watching uh, grown men walk around with the teenage girls and that's crazy to me. I can't wrap my mind around it. I'm that. I'm
1: sorry, what,
2: what age did you say? It's like 14, 15. No, it's not. You're lying. <laughs> it <is>. no. <laughs> it's so
1: serious. Mm-hmm. Like
2: 14, 15. <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, so that, that's one thing. Uh, the showers that she's taking she over there so that it's like my bathroom i had in my apartment over there it was like i have my toilet and then a shower like right beside it and the whole little bathroom like generally so it's like everything is so close and they don't don't use watch cards so that was also weird um what else the food is when i was at the food was
1: How did that? How how did that process work,
2: or what happened? Uh, I mean, okay, so as a basketball player, obviously everybody's dream is to go to the NBA, but that's that's just you know not always a feasible thing to you do. Know, the NBA is a, wait, wait a start
1: process. over because you're
2: breaking up. Okay, can you hear me? Mhm. Okay, so I, I was saying um, the NBA is obviously everyone every basketball player's dream, but that's not always possible. So the next best thing is trying to find you a professional athlete in a different country because just like how we have the NBA in this country, every other country that plays basketball, they have their own NBA, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, it's lovely to me. So when I graduated, I uh, I went to a camp in Brisbane. So basketball-wise, um, they have the PIT, which is basically a camp for all the NBA hopefuls, uh, seniors that uh, that want to be drafted for the NBA called a class application or tournament. And we have uh, at the summit, which is less and lesser known, but it's basically the same thing for uh, smaller schools like mid majors and low majors like Hampton and you know smaller schools like that. And they uh, it's a good camp to get overseas. So I did eighteen um, I did really well and I met the M V P for that camp and I met my agent there. And, and he was, he ended up being a terror agent. <laughs> day, you can, I, I just recently put up a video about on my channel on how he threatened to murder me he and my family when the whole thing went down with my V 5 and my dad uh, and my injury and everything crazy but uh, yeah and, uh, and, and then my family at that camp and the agent from Bill sends my highlight tape from my college games and uh, two full games to Teams and injuries based off the highlights of to evaluate if they want to offer me a contract. And so, so I went through that process over the summer. I got my offer from the team, um, and I decided to take it. And that's how I would do. And yeah,
1: I'm just I'm I'm stuck on how you got a a terrible agent that's I, and um, you know what the sad part is that is not unheard of or uncommon, and that's the sad part. It kind of sucks.
2: Yeah, the Asian game is dirty. Uh, the guys that in the game, uh, the majority, uh, like it's, it's a, it's a job for them have to pay for the table. So they do whatever they can to, uh, to get that, that condition off their contract. So uh, it's, it's def- it, it definitely, it definitely a lot of sleazy people. the agent that I recently just signed with my new agent. He, uh, he came off as a genuine person and he, he he has core values for his company that, uh, that I believe and respect. And he definitely doesn't seem like the type of guy in my first age was. but he's definitely a lot of big goals uh, in that industry.
1: Yeah, so I want to ask, like, what would you tell, what, based off of what you know now, what would you tell your, I don't want to say younger self, because I feel like we're still young, but what would you tell your, like, old self or your just now starting self um as far as like finding a agent because a lot of kids run into that whether it's um sports or music. You know, in history you see a lot of kids especially black kids getting like play not nah, yeah, well played um, from their agents. So I guess what would what would be some of your advice to give those kids or yourself, your like, you know, younger self.
2: Okay. okay, a year and a half ago, when I was choosing my agent, I would have prioritized um, prioritized the genuineness and the matter of belief and respect that the, the agent is showing towards me, and not going to cut because I basically chose chose my agent based off of what he told me uh, what he was able to do. So he the the way that agent worked was. He has, like, a couple of high-profile clients in like, the top leagues in Europe. And he, he promotes uh, that he's he signed, he signed his as like the highest-paid guy in Europe, which he, which he is. I don't know if he gets all the commission. He probably has other people that get points to that as well. I don't know. But he promotes that to lower-level guys that are trying to get make their way up, like me. Young Ricky's trying to, you know, make their way up. He tries to sign a whole bunch of them based off the clout that, that he has with um, – with his uh, his top clients. And I would, have, I would have told myself, it's not about the car, it's about how much the actual agent believes in you and cares about you and values you. Because if you're this, you got to think about this, if you're this lower-level guy and he has all these high-level guys, why would mm-hmm. he really care about you? But mm-hmm. I was able to find a guy, that, uh, I, and the agent I signed with now, I was also talking to him at the same time last year about the and that, that, he, that was going to be his first year as an agent. That's why I kind of didn't agree with him. But I to be back on it, I, I should have realized that I'm going to be one of his first clients. So I, I'm definitely going to be a priority to him. Yeah. The other guy who has a, a million of the clients, which he I, I didn't even probably did attribute that to me how many clients he had. I thought he had a whole lot of clients he had. But yeah, just understanding that, that it has to be about. How much that person needs you and cares about you versus what you think they can do for you. Because at the end of the day, you gotta have someone not just there for you. Again, that it's like in that situation, I had an injury, and once that injury happened, he basically threw me to the wayside and cared about me. So you definitely have to look and see what's the best fit for your individual situation and for your individual career. I don't
1: know why, but that that made me mad he just pushed you to the side, like. I think that's just like I said, there's a lot of sleazy people in those type of businesses as far as a as well I as mean, well, as far as agencies go. Like when you're looking for an agent, there's a lot of sleazy people. And I'm happy that like that was something you I'm not I don't wanna say I'm happy that you learned, but I'm happy that you're able to share that experience, you know, and keep keep other kids from having to experience that.
2: Yeah, so with we need it.
1: <laughs> so would you um would you take and I know I asked this before, but would you take um I guess mentees or people under your wing? Or is that what your your company does? Like that, you're able to do it with everybody and anybody? Or do you want those like close one on one relationships?
2: Okay, so with me like all right. Well, let me speak for the future, comedy for well, the platform first. So, in the future, I definitely see myself having like a mentorship program. Not it. Is, it doesn't even necessarily have to be uh, specifically uh, with athletes, but just with young uh, underprivileged kids in general, because mm-hmm. I do see myself having different businesses and you know, other problems and everything in the future. So, it's definitely one of my my goals to have some like that set up. But just me personally, um, I'm my uh, my page is. Public, so anyone can reach out to me. Anyone can ask me uh, questions or advice, and like, and the content is there for you. And we're definitely creating that. So, however, someone values uh, what I have to offer them, I'm, I'm, I'm more than welcome to offer, offer everything, you know, offer my brain to them and everything that I have. You know.
1: I like that. I tried to do a mentoring program. This is the whimsicalness in me. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Like it's a lot. Yeah. Like I rather just be able to reach a big crowd and be like, okay, this is my mentor group. Mm-hmm. But to do the one on one, it's a lot of responsibility. So the fact that there's people out there like you who want to do it, that's good. I'll send some people over your way
2: because yeah, it's not not right now. though. Uh, I, gotta, <laughs> I gotta get some other things. I gotta get some other things solidified first, and then we can. We can move on. It's just steps. Like I said, I'm strategic. And that's something that, that I'm I'm strategizing for in the future. <laughs>
1: please teach me how to do that. Like right after this when we end this. Please <laughs> you know I'm be texting a lot, like, Hey, I want I came up with this idea. I feel like you it's you know, it's not fully put together, but just shit, go for it. But <laughs> um yeah, I definitely need more people like you in my life. I keep I don't know why, but I don't think they like me as much as I like them. <laughs> and I think <laughs> I think that's the uh the whimsicalness of my with personality people, that they don't like.
2: With people like me, like people that are kind of reserved or kind of uh not extroverted like I said, like kind of reserved, it's sort of like you have to uh you have to give them the whimsicalness and the the free, free-mindedness and everything, free-spiritedness in doses. Because, like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I know personally like, if someone is always high-energy, always this and that with me, it's going to annoy me because that's not that's not the uh, level that I operate at. So if you're always in my face with that, then, it, you know, it becomes annoying. But in doses, it's definitely needed and it's literally, you just brighten up, you know, my day. You know, so it's always about doing it, uh, doing it uh, the right amount of times and, you know, you know, just building a relationship genuinely, you know, I understanding think, each other.
1: I was going to say, for me, it's not so much of, like, I do it all the time, because that's not really what it is. It's, so, when I say I'm whimsical, like, when it comes to trips, I still plan it. So, I'm strategic in as far as, like, planning things out. I do plan things out. However, like, it's not so detailed. That's where people get aggravated, because so it's like, how did you miss that detail? And it's like, well, I mean, I did the big picture. So, like, for example, my friends and I, I'm the one who comes up with all the stupid ideas. I wanted to go to Las Vegas and do a road trip. In my head, I was like, "That sounds, that shit sounds good." But in reality, like, you have to take two weeks off to do this trip, and you know, you can't take two weeks off from work. No job is giving you that.
2: Yeah.
1: So, um, I had to re, I had to rethink it. But I did have a plan. You know, I found where we were gonna go, what our route was. What we were gonna do, how long we were staying, and then how we were getting back. Those were the big, major questions. Mm-hmm. And then how much does this trip cost? That was the big one. Now everything else, like the small little details, like, well, what are we gonna do for, for um, food, or what are we gonna do for, like, what are, what's our itinerary when we get there? I didn't do that shit. I think that's stupid. <laughs> when we get there, just get out the fucking car and walk around and find something. <laughs> <laughs> So that's where my whimsical is like it's not so much unplanned, it's just not fully detailed planned, and I think that aggravates people. (laughs) No, I do like I do. I am attracted to your 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 kind, your people, but they're just not attracted to me. It's okay, (laughs) (laughs)
2: it's
1: all right. I don't need your your time anyway. Hippies are starting to take over the world, if you haven't noticed, but everybody's getting into astrology and shit, so. <laughs>
2: um,
1: All right, so I'm going to ask maybe, like, two or three questions, and then we will wrap it up with, I guess, um, your final words of, like, you know, what's something you want to tell the audience? um. What do you want people to leave with about, you know, about knowing your company or leave with? Uh, so, let me think. Let me think of some questions, because these are fun questions. I don't want any, like, you know, boring, boring questions. Oh, okay. Who are you? Okay. That's, that's the game we're going to play. So, I'm going to give you... Either or descriptions um, that describe your personality, well, that will describe a personality, and you have to choose which one it is, like which one your, your personality is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So are you anxious or calm? Calm. God damn. <laughs> Stubborn or flexible? Say again? Stubborn or flexible?
2: Stubborn.
1: Daring or cautious? Process. Moody or cheerful? Moody. You say what? Moody. Really?
2: Yeah.
1: Okay, <laughs> so you gotta give you gotta give an experience on how you were moody like a, a story. Because uh, I cannot okay. see you as that.
2: Okay. This is probably the most extreme um uh, of my moodiness because I never actually had another experience, like, another uh, instance where I'm back to this week. But recently, um, I was visiting my friend down in Charlotte. Uh, we had, like, this little family weekend where a lot of us from college got together at the same time. And obviously, there's a home, you know, pandemic on. And I didn't want to go out. You know, I wanted, we had an LBV. I wanted to stay in, you know. And... Do, 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 do inside, you know. and they they all want to go you know, and people get complicated. Everybody just want to do whatever. And we went out to this uh, this hooker lounge, whatever. And I didn't want to be there. And some other things also in my mind just sort of made me mad. So I was literally sitting down away from everybody with a with a uh, straight-faced, angry thing. <laughs> For a legit hour and a half straight. didn't say. It basically didn't say a word. For an hour and a half straight. An so, hour? Yeah. But but before that, you know, I was you know, cheerful. I playing games and everything. And then I just went to an hour and a half and I was extremely mad and frustrated, you know, and didn't speak to anybody. So, yeah. <laughs> but that's like the most extreme, you know, that's, yeah.
1: I'm um, really nice you sat there for an hour with a with a grumpy ass face.
2: Yeah. I did. They were all uh, they were all uh, very, uh
1: blown demeanor. <laughs> and I did not care. <laughs> I'm crying did like, I give a fuck. I'm we yeah. i was pissed. Alright, so see big picture or detail oriented.
2: Big picture definitely. Because uh, like even though I'm strategic, like I'm not very good at like um, like even like with my writing in school and everything, I was never good at making something long. Like I could give you a really good, you know, short something or brief synopsis of anything. But like putting the necessary details in it to make it a good story. Like, I
1: was never good at that.
2: Just like with my ideas, like I I I mean notes I have like I kind have of like 30, 40 lifetime ideas that they can really train and do or create. But I don't really have them like, layered out detail for detail. So, you know, when I actually get to taking on something, then that's when I start going to the details. So I'm definitely a big picture person uh, oh, well, until shit. I actually attack something.
1: I needed you in school then. Like, my essays were hella long. <laughs> like, always. Yeah. I'm very, like, that's the only time I'm detailed. But it's not yeah. like detailed details, like fluffiness. Like it's that. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like that advertisement, like fluffiness. Like, is that really needed? But. Yeah. Um, competitive or cooperative?
2: Competitive. <laughs> yeah. I'm to competitive Anything that, that I can win it. I will do everything in my power to win it. Whether that's with basketball, um, playing card games, or door dominoes or blue bees if super competitive dominoes or like Cody. Like anything competitive, like video games, like I'll really about it. Okay, old man with the dominoes. You
1: know <laughs> you know dominoes young folks, young
2: people don't know that. <laughs> no, it's it's sort kind of like a I feel like it's sort of like a more of a city thing, like MYC, like um the dominoes is very popular within people that like, do play dominoes all the time, so that's what I, I really got into. And I brought that to my front room at Hampton. And when we get together, we got to So I'm mean, a competitive about it.
1: Wow, the only time I saw it was, like,
2: my grandparents and their
1: friends. That's, that's why I was like, that's very old. Like, it's, like, crazy. Like, those are very old people games.
2: Like, when, you play and you, when you play and you get good at it, and you also have other people around you that are competitive and they talk shit or whatever, like, you, you understand like it's it's very fun. It's not even about it's not right. even about the gym. It's more about the sport of the game.
1: Okay, I may have to try
2: it. I'm so gonna try you it. You have to be you have to you have to be good before you really understand how like, factors. Because if you suck and you don't understand
1: you're really losing. You know, yeah, then it's like uh, I don't
2: know. But if you're if you're beating people and, they're getting, and they start getting mad, you start you start off yourself over that. You, you really get into it.
1: Oh, then I like it, because I'm very competitive. And that was my question. So, okay. I feel like sports parents are always the worst, like, when it comes to their children as far as competitiveness. Like, my dad, he played football in high school. And then once he got to college, he didn't want to play. But, um, he well, he had to make a decision whether he wanted – he got offered a full ride for um football. And then he had a full, no, he got a half, half a ride for IT to like become a computer engineer or whatever. Yeah. And he went the, you know, IT route. Um, but my dad is terrible. Literally I played soccer throughout, um, high school and middle school and literally we were losing a game and my coach had gave us like oranges. You know, I'm trying to bring up our spirits. We're in middle school at this time, mm-hmm. mind you. My dad came over and snatched my orange out my mouth and was like, this is for winter. When your ass start winning out there, that's when you mm-hmm. get this shit and walk back to the stand. <laughs> so um, I guess would you say that you would put that competitiveness into your your child, whether it be, or your children, whether it be, you know, your own personal child or like your mentees, would you put that type of you know competitiveness into them, or would you find yourself being that way with them?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm really trying to make you that way, but by nature, if you know, if your pad is very competitive or someone is around you, look up to is very competitive, you have no choice to follow suit because you can't compete against no one. So obviously, you're gonna be. They're, they're going to be forcing you into the competitive state as well. So I definitely feel like my kids are probably going to be competitive. It does have to be in sports. Like, my kids don't have to play sports. You know, that I would love for them to do that because I feel like you've a lot of life lessons in sports. But just in life, I feel like you have to have that competitive spirit to really reach your goals because this world, like I said, is too good to switch you up. And if you're, not to, if you're not willing to take those losses and come back even harder than the next time, or you not know, willing really to try to achieve the most you can in this life, I feel like you won't reach you know you're
1: Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel that. Like I'm the most laziest, determined, competitive person you'll ever meet. Like <laughs> I'm so lazy but I'm definitely competitive. Like I'd rather be lazy but, you know, beating you in some way. Whether it's <laughs> sports, um, a game even just doing life like life stuff, I'm very competitive, so
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, I just wish we could do it from your from our bed. Like that would be great. <laughs> that would be great. Alright, so pessimistic or optimistic.
2: I guess I say pessimistic. I don't, I don't, people people say pessimistic, but i see it as being a realist. And people always say I say pessimistic. But when I say I'm pessimistic, it's not that I'm saying that I feel like the worst thing is going to happen. I feel like you have to be prepared, you know, for the bad things. And that's where, you know, I come up as being pessimistic. Because I feel like if you're thinking about the good things that happen, obviously you need that positive, you know, those those thoughts in your head to achieve your success. But I'm always somebody that's, that's trying to be prepared for the next thing. Like I said, that's strategic. So, I'm always thinking about what can you know, possibly happen and I'm paying for it. But, we definitely have that balance. But, in general, I say I'm pissing me just cause I'm, I'm very cautious about, you know, things that I take. Yeah, I was going to say,
1: like, just like how you told me, which I didn't like hearing, but, you know, it's good advice. Um, there is a balance that you need. Like, people who are, like, I'm, optimistically optimistic like i don't even think that's a word or it, it's possible but it is <laughs> i'm definitely the type of person who sees the uh glass half full and not half empty um but i do need those type of people who are like did you really think that through like i get it you said by next year you're going to be on the moon but did you really think that through mm-hmm. on how how you're going to get there um I guess for people who are optimistic, we don't look at what could possibly go wrong with our plans. It's just more of, Oh, okay, this is what I planned, this is gonna happen. we're gonna do it. We're gonna get it. blah blah. you don't think like, okay, well, what if you lose all your money in this process? What's your goal? What's your next plan? like what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um we see it as like a Debbie downer, kind of like a hmm, that just made me sad <laughs> think about that shit, so I don't think you're pessimistic. I think you're just optimistically cautious. That's what I would call you. <laughs> yeah, we need more people like that, because I'm definitely not. I was like, oh, fuck it.
2: <laughs> um, are you patient or hasty? Hasty. Uh, I've, been, uh, I've been working on patience, but obviously uh, when I – I'm a, I'm impulsive person in terms of an you know, an impulsive buyer, but when I really like see something that I want to accomplish or something that I want to have, like I really I really want it and I want it, so I have to be more patient. And I and I've had to learn to be more patient this whole year. Be really happy and creating my platform, like just because I have <clears throat> just because I have great content doesn't mean I'm going to have a subscribers right now, just because. I'm putting need a lot of work uh, to rehab my knee and my body. It doesn't mean I'm able to do everything I could do right away. and be patient, so uh, I'm learning patience and I'm trying to be better every day. So,
1: how are you learning patience? Because I I can give a fuck about patience, but I'm happy yeah. that one of us <laughs> is really looking into it. So, what what are some like, I guess, mantras or reminders to be patient that you use? It's
2: um, just reminding yourself of the end goal and understanding where you are in comparison where you could be. So like, let us say with my platform. Like, we had like 200 subscribers on YouTube. And it's been like seven months, seven or eight months, somewhere in there. And understanding that seven or eight months ago, you had your subscribers. You had you got 260-some followers, and it's going to be a zero. You know? And understand where you were, understand where you're trying to be. You're trying to have 100,000 subscribers, 100,000 followers. And seeing see that, like, other people that are trying to do what you do, they fall off along the way. They don't even get close to what you're doing. So understanding where you could be and understanding what it takes to get there. Like, the people that are most successful. Like I think said, it, like, the only difference between him mm-hmm. and anyone Try to, they to trying to do what he did, but he never quit. So just understanding that it's about the, the mm-hmm. end game, the long, so I mean, the marathon continues, you know. Just understanding what you're doing. So wanting, only being mm-hmm. focused on how you see it versus how it really is and how these things are processed and how long it really takes. No,
1: and that's really good advice because a lot of people forget that a business takes a long time. Like literally – I guess because I grew up with a mom who started two companies of her own, both successful. I mean, the only reason she started two is because of moving, you know. But, yeah. um, she showed me that, like, it takes the, you don't see progress until, like, you know, the fifth year, really. Like, you, I mean, you start seeing gradual, uh, like profits, I guess, if you will, not just, um, monetary but like you know like you said followers business you know people recognizing you you see that stuff coming along but by the fifth year that's when you really like are getting out there that's when your name is starting to like really and that's a lot it's a lot
2: of work so i'm glad that you the first two years don't make any money so yeah you have to understand exactly what you're getting yourself into like you said like the fifth year I think the I think the number one YouTuber in the world or whatever. I think his first five years his channel didn't do anything at all, and then it it, it just popped out of somewhere. They just stayed consistent. He never quit, and then they it, it just stuck with it, and he got the way he was, you know, number one YouTuber today. So yeah, process.
1: it's it is a process, and it's a long like you have. That's where the patience comes in. You have to be really like dedicated to it, and there's nothing wrong with having like other things you wanna you wanna try and all that, but you do still have to be consistent with that number one thing that you started. Because um, I'm I learned that not with this one, but with an, one company I tried to start or I um, was thinking about starting. Um, I had a good feedback from it, but I wasn't consistent enough with it, and I think that's because it wasn't really my passion, really. Um, it was one of my passions, but not like my big, big, major one. So cool. I had to learn like there's nothing wrong with having many passions, but you have you do have to find that one passion and really be consistent with it. You can incorporate those little tiny passions that you have within that big one, or find yeah. a way to bring it in. But you do have to be consistent.
2: And... Yeah, <laughs> you, you don't right that, because even like my, my platform and challenge like Basketball is, like, my number one passion that I've had since I was a little kid. And the number two passion, I feel like, is bringing awareness. Like, with the financial literacy, things Like I know from where I come from, people are not financial literacy. They don't have the resources the tools. If like I just bring awareness to different things is the reason why I'm so passionate about my channel because I feel like there's so many things that I can bring awareness to people to when I build that. So, wait, when
1: did you start um... – you said you were playing basketball as a kid. Like, what? What got you into it? Did your like dad put you into it? Your mom put you into it? Like, what? What was it?
2: And how did yeah, you get? From... Huh? I come from a basketball family. So, like, my dad, he didn't get a chance to because of other things going on. He's like, he didn't get a chance to really uh, to play like high school and uh and college and everything. Like, but he was like able to like be like a neighborhood superstar, you know. She was always into basketball, and then my mom, mom she played a little bit in high school or whatever, not, not really. But then my sister, who's, who's older than me, nine years older than me, I, I, was, I always saw her playing. So when, when, I, when I was young, like, the basketball somehow was just always in my hands, and she was playing. So it was just like we did, basketball was sort of what we did. And it was just something that, you know, I was always there, and I, and I actually liked it and loved it. It's just something I always did. Didn't get a chance to actually play organized basketball until middle school, but like, when it turns to playing, my came in the backyard, they hit my entire life, and I just always played the game.
1: Wow! Yeah, please start a movie. Um, I need you to recreate <laughs> Love and Basketball because I know everybody loves that movie, but I don't really like that movie. Like, I don't like the fact that she came knocking on the door like the day before <laughs> that man's wedding and was like, "I'll play you for your heart." And His dumbass went out there so. I need to like recreate it and make it into like, love and basketball. And it's about family. You know, the whole family yeah. being a basketball <laughs> family. That'd be dope. But
2: see, like that.
1: I just gave you your first movie. You're welcome. Um, no, when you do, do make move. it
2: big. Oh, like <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> damn! I was looking <laughs> <at> me <laughs> trying to use you to get to town. I
2: was like, please put my name on it.
1: Um, I just want you to be, like, inspired by Nia, you know, but, um, no, yeah, I'm, go- that's really cool, because I tried to play basketball, and, uh, I had a concussion,
2: not because I was a, a great,
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm pretty sure mine was not, like, how you got yours. Mine was from hitting the wall, um, I was dribbling. And I was putting my head down, focusing on the ball, and yeah. I started running. I was like, oh, I can do this. I got confident, and I hit my head on the wall.
2: Yeah, that's, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, but I never you did that. When you're doing basketball, dribbling in basketball is you have to keep your, your eyes up and never look at the ball.
1: Well, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> that's why I got that concussion. So.
2: Yeah.
1: Wait, but you said you
2: got one. How did you get one? I got one and a half. Uh, so I got one, I was playing an AU game, and I was going to afford that, and do. not there we was off like somewhere I forgot we in and they they finished the game and then took us off for which was I was mad about it. I realized that I was over there in a daze on the sideline I didn't even remember obviously anything that was that happened when I when I got the confession and everything
1: Okay. Yeah. They was like you good, you fine. You haven't painted, you're not fainted. you are not you are not hurt hurt. I don't cry. That's something my dad would do. <laughs> That's something my dad would do. No but you're you know I'm stealing your story. I'm glad that you said them so I can practice how to say them because my concussions were none of it. Like, all my concussions were like self inflicted clumsiness. Um, mm-hmm. You had the basketball incident. I, I had one at school rushing to get dressed for my class, and this teacher was a stickler. Like, there was no five minute grace period for him. Like, if you weren't there at nine when it started, you were not allowed in. And I was running late. And I took a shower and I came out and ran and slipped and fell. And then the door hit me, like the bathroom door hit hit my, to the top of my head and I hit the back of my head on the floor. And I didn't feel it then, so I just went to class and I got so dizzy and I almost fainted. And I was like, all right, let me go. And then the third one was, um, what was the third one? Oh, um. Oh, damn. I'm about to really hit my head. Oh, my car accident. <laughs> <laughs> my car accident. That one. Yeah. This guy was drunk and he was doing an illegal U-turn and he hit us. So. Okay. Yep. That was, that was my three, but none of them were like good stories enough to, to share. Damn. Okay. <laughs> Are you suspicious or trusting?
2: Oh, suspicious.
1: What the hell? Now how are you gonna say suspicious but you weren't suspicious with the agent?
2: You gotta take one, Yeah. It, had... it was different. I mean people he, he trade a you know, different persona and different uh different characteristics about his, his agency that I weren't actually, you know, w it was actually real. And obviously like I was suspicious of all that agents I don't know who you know, to trust him. This is my first time hiring an agent. But like just I had to pick somebody, so that's yeah, no, I
1: was joking. They they do say the devil uh, is very charming. That's
2: the <laughs> issue mm-hmm.
1: uh, of whether it be your company for your having to do with somebody or a person.
2: You're breaking
1: I said, what it, um, what's something that you were suspicious of, mm-hmm. like whether it be within your company with. Somebody, or, you know, for you personally, for yourself? Like.
2: Uh, well, just in general, it's not even suspicion anymore. It's just anyone that is a. Oh, hold on, I'm just going to say that. Like, Forex traders or crypto traders or whatever, like anyone who's trying to do fast money, I'm automatically suspicious. They're not even suspicious because I already you know what it's about, and it's not, you know, it's not good. And I think it's very harmful because it gives people a bad taste of entrepreneurship and financial literacy and investing and everything. So I'm definitely suspicious of anyone that tries to put that in their face because I, I consider you to be a scammer and a sleazeball when you, you ain't going out of those avenues. <laughs> no, I'm so like. you're breaking up. Hello, Maybe me. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, great.
1: So I tried to do the whole forex thing, and yeah, I'm not too sure about them. I don't like the fact <laughs> that you're putting all that money in, in to pay them to give you the resources, and then you have to make that money
2: back. Yeah, I, if, I like with forex to- and anything similar like network marketing, that's the thing. Like, so forex in itself is you know, uh, a fine you know thing for you to do if like you're doing it independently, as just you know investing in foreign currencies. But in terms of the network marketing aspect, where you have these people that you have to pay money for and everything, that's the scam mm-hmm. part. It's legal. Network marketing is legal, but that doesn't mean that it is it sh- that it is something that you should do, because what happened with network marketing? So I did network marketing uh, with Legal Shield back in the day when that was popular. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. I'm I remember really, that. And I, and I and I what I learned from that is if a company or product is actually good, then you don't need to pay people to to sell your product. The, the product will speak for itself. Like mm-hmm. Apple, like Apple, you don't have to pay people to to sell iPhones or promote iPhones. You put the iPhone commercial up, people are gonna buy it. Whatever it is, like if it's a good product, you don't have to pay people to sell it and, and buy it. You know. Yeah. So what happens with that when you do it? You you are enticed by the fast money with someone telling you they made and everything, which is cool. That fast money you might be able to, you might be able to capitalize on and get that fast money. But what is not cool is the, your brand after that. You will forever be known well not forever but you will now be known as this scammer type person. This guy that just want to make a quick buck or grab on that quick buck that can't be trusted as much. And when you actually do have something of integrity that you want to promote, it won't be the same because people have that bad taste in their mouth about you. So. And your brand is the most important thing to you as an entrepreneur or anyone that has something Mm -hmm. to promote, you know. So that's definitely why it's a scam, even though it's believable.
1: No, but I'm glad that you said that because that is is true. Like, your brand is the biggest thing. That's what speaks volumes about your company. Um, Literally, I've learned that you could have an experience Expensive ass product, but if your like customer service or whatever, or you as like the face of the company is trash, like people Mm -hmm. be like, nope, you're trash, your product's trash. I've seen people sell like cheap ass shit, but their customer service, um, their their I guess personal uh, relationship with their customers, like that whole nine yards, that really spoke volume to the customer. So now they're like, you know, I'm willing to pay. Five dollars for some lashes. I mean, I don't think shit, but you know, just an, <laughs> just an example. But I'm glad you said that. So, what? Because your major isn't or your degree is in finance. What are some advice that you would give for people who are looking to get invested? Because I, I kind of like I said, easy. I'm a lazy, optimistic, determined person. So I just hate somebody. I do a legal advisor, and I just be like, you know. Tell me where oh, you okay. want to Tell me. This is what the plan I have for the money that I'm getting. Um, I want to invest and in, receive and profit from, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is my plan. Go do your work. Um, <laughs> but I have tried to do it myself. And it's not that I didn't understand it, but it's just like, it's a lot of information. So, I guess, what's your yeah. advice for people who are starting out?
2: Um, it's just with investing. You have to understand how, you, we have to understand yourself in two things. Understand like yourself within terms of how much time do you want to put into this and then understand your risk, how much money you're willing to risk and et cetera. So when understanding yourself and the time that you want to put into it, there are different ways you can be, you can invest. You can be someone that is the most passive of passive investors, meaning that you stick your money into this safe place and it grows, you know, a little bit you know, year by year, over the decade by decade, and you have having a do stake at the end. You can be someone that's a little bit more active where they do some of that, and they also do some of uh, more, if uh, they, they have more active choices where they go a little bit shorter term on something, so instead of you investing for in your lifetime, you might invest for three to five years, you know, into something. Or you might have someone that's supremely active where they're in and out of things. They're basically traders at that point, you know. And I'm sort of in between. So, well I have long term things that I want to hold in my life, and I have things that I want to hope for, you know, a few years at a time, based on where uh, our economy is and everything. So you have to understand the time that it takes to be those individual things. So if you're a pa- really passive, it doesn't take that much learning, that much time. You need to understand the basics of what you keep yourself into. If you want to be a little more active, then that's a lot more learning together because you have to understand what to look at, um, what the terminology is what your your horizons will be for these individual companies. Like, you know, easy outs of what you're actually trying to do. And if you're somebody that's active, you not only have to learn a lot, but you have to put a lot of time into keeping up with everything that you're doing. So you have to understand where you want to go with this. And once you can pinpoint, you know, where you want to go with this, then you can go from there. Like um, I have a Google Doc uh, and a group me, uh for people that just wanna learn about investing. I haven't been that Active in the group meet uh, the past month or two because it's really not a lot of good opportunities in the market right now because it's a lot of risk if you're taking on by investing right now. Even for the markets going to all-time highs based on our economies it's a lot of risk that you're taking on today because it's an election year and etc. I can go into that all day, but it's a lot of risk. So I haven't really been that active in the group meet, but in that group meet. Uh, I just use it to talk to my friends and peers, you know, about the things that I've been seeing uh, in the investment world. Um, there's a Google Doc that has tons of information on uh, different things, different resources and tools in terms of videos, uh, a step-by-step process of how to learn uh, about investing based on what type of investor you are, based on how broken down, like how active you want to be. So. Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely a favorite for anybody, you know, that cares about it.
1: So when it comes to finance, what are the, the top two things that you definitely give people advice on? um, Whether it be from something you have learned um, in your own experiences or just something that, you know, you feel like this is strongly something that people should really think about. What are the, I guess, I don't want to say two, but what are some of, like, the important finance things that you, you talk about or think are important? Because we said investing. I think savings is one.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. So, like I said, the first uh, media potential episode of the Peace Athlete series that I was talking about earlier was about saving and budgeting. Because we can talk about investing and learning about investing, but if you don't even have the money to do it, I mean, what's the point? So, yeah. Understanding, understanding your lifestyle and how to properly budget that. In that video, I wrote down a fake budget based on what someone makes and how they are supposed to put out their expenses and their emergency savings fund, and then how they have have whatever they throw for your investments and everything. Understanding how you have to put your money to work for you is is probably the most important thing about financial literacy, literacy period. Mm-hmm. because if you're spending everything that you get or spending more than you get, then I don't care how much you know about stocks and and investing in mutual funds and all that good stuff. You don't even have any money to capitalize on it. But if you can properly uh, set your budget and, uh, according to your lifestyle and the money that you, you have coming in, then you can then you can use that to the best of its abilities. But if you're not doing that, then all the other stuff doesn't matter. So just understanding what you're capable, to do, capable of doing based on the money that you have coming in.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I'm glad that you said that. Because I learned that um through my ex. Like I said, he's <laughs> definitely he is definitely one of those strategic, like, logical type of people. Um and so he taught me that. I had stumbled upon his like finance book, I guess, that he keeps. And there was like four there was four um Subjects or four you know accounts, if you will, the one was like girlfriends The second one was um savings, the third was like you know spending the spending money, and then the fourth was um investing. I was a little hurt by the girlfriend one, <laughs> like that was like the why my category, but um yeah, no, I learned that, and i've I've actually taken that, and that's what I do, so I have my i think I have like three or four categories. I have investing, um, you know, just pam. I call it pampering, and then the other one is um, business. And what was the last one? I think I have another one. I just can't remember. Oh, and then um, my hamster. Obviously, I have. I'm a mom. So that one's mom. But yeah, I-, I did that breakdown, and that definitely helped. So I, I definitely agree. You got to know like what your Budget is what you're spending. If you're a very cautious person, because that was one of the questions that my um my advisor asked. Like, are you very cautious, or are you like, you know, you're okay with experimenting? And I, do you want fast money, or do you want like long term? And every, of course, everybody wants the fast, the fast money. You know, I definitely want that. I want to be rich in in a week. That sounds amazing. but I do have to deal with the long term. So, do you find yourself going long term? Like, do you invest yourself, and if so, do you, like, do long term, or do you do um, short term, or do you do both?
2: Uh, I'm I'm a little bit of both. So, it's it's mainly because of the economies of state, so long term is where I want to be at, but it's hard to really uh, to find good deals in the market for a long time because right now everything is so overpriced based on the actual residue of this coronavirus in our country because it's actually about to get a lot worse around this election time and around uh around this little turnover with the, with the second wave even though we're already based on the second wave right now this flu season wave that's about to come back around so it's, it's, so, it's so overpriced right now that I had a sort of a short term in some areas, I have some hedges against, uh, against the economy, kind of like investing in some uh, solid assets like gold and silver for the short term, just based on this going on in our economy. But I'm definitely a long term investor. So once we can get past uh, this whole situation, hopefully, you know, they're getting past it. But um, I definitely. Everything that I would do would be for the long term. Right. I don't want to be holding any stocks for less than three to five years. Hopefully, I want to invest in good companies that I can be comfortable with. Because you know, you have a good investment if you never have to sell it. But if you, if you're going short term and you're not, it takes a lot of time. And it takes a lot of emotional or uh, standable. You know, worrying about when I should be in out of stocks. Uh-huh. And I have other things, like I said, I, that I want to do. So between basketball, uh, my platform. Getting into coaching out there on that time as well, the other businesses I want to start. I don't want to be someone that's so active the way it takes up too much of my time. So, I definitely want to be long term, so but clearly I'm
1: So, I guess with your platform, would you find yourself, because it sounds like you're really good at financing. Like a, that's a big passion. Well, not, I don't want to say big passion, but one of your passions. Um, and I definitely talked about, you know, combine sometimes combining your 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 passions, um, which you've done. But would you expand on it? Like, would you start a a finance class? Um, I know you said you want to start, you want to go like give back to your community, especially low co- low low income families or communities. Um, Would you do like a um a finance literacy class for them, like? Yeah, I was,
2: uh, I was thinking about this even before the platform and last summer, but I did programs on you know, MLC and just in general having different programs because uh, a lot of things will be virtual and for in the future. So I definitely yeah. want to have different personal finance uh, policies, content programs, everything um, in the future. It's just, like I said, I got a lot of things written down. It's, it's definitely uh, on the document.
1: So okay, give us. Can you without like sharing too much? Can you give us one of the ideas that you're thinking of or planning to do?
2: I can't give you the idea. Okay, I can keep that to myself. I can give you. Uh, I'm give you a vision of all the things that I want to accomplish. You know?
1: Okay, that's fair.
2: Okay, so I want to. I want to, like I said, I want to coach and. Along with coaching, have my platform and the stuff still running, but I also want to be an advisor, a personal financial advisor, and my just you know something I can just do whenever like you know with this many small amount of clients, you know. But um, I see my what I want to accomplish is I want to rebuild my community uh, in terms of economically empowering the people there, educating the people there, so where they can create a, a better economy for the small town it is. I want to um empower and educate the athletes from my community and worldwide to where most of the game has taught them so many things that he can actually be aware of within this life. that they can they can be successful beyond sports. And I want to explicitly be uh be very wealthy and successful and um I, I, I struggle with this one, But be uh be someone that is filled. uh I'm big on philanthropy. <laughs> So uh, I definitely want to be known as that. So when it's all said and done, I would have all these different programs businesses and all these different things that I've accomplished, and I'll be known as someone who's giving back all along the way.
1: No, I love that. I love that because that definitely goes alongside, you know, what I'm trying to accomplish. I didn't come from, you know, the city like my mom did. Um, but I guess because I am black, I mean I am a suburban girl, but <laughs> because I am black, I still see some of the stuff that the resources that we don't get. I definitely want to provide that, especially some of them. Some of those resources I definitely um, hold true. So, I mean, not hold true, um, value myself. So like um, experiences. That's really what I want to give back. Like there's a lot of experiences that I got to experience because my mom gave that to me. And I said, I want to give that back to the black community, whether it's suburban or low income. A lot of people, I feel like um that's where my platform goes to, more so is the suburban kids. Because a lot of people forget about black suburban kids. They think, you know, just because we're in the suburbs, we kind of made it. And it's like, no, we go through, we still go through struggles. It may not be the same struggles as low income, but it's still struggles. You know, I don't get to see a black teacher. I'm actually going through, you know, racial profiling in the suburbs because I'm black. Like I've had a lot of teachers, you know, tell me I couldn't do something. And it wasn't because I wasn't a good student or anything. It was just like, you know. It was more of the race, the race thing. So, um, I definitely, I definitely like that. That definitely is something I value as well. So, I love hearing stuff like that. Okay, so we're gonna wrap this up. This is, these are your last two questions. I promise. I know I keep saying that, and I come up with more, but these are the last two. All right. So, what would be if you could choose a quote? And this quote—it's only—it's only one quote that you can choose. This quote represents not only yourself, your life, your company, but your values as well. What would it be?
2: Um, it's not an exact quote, but it's something that Kobe Bryant said. He um, said uh, the goal is to be the greatest version of yourself, whatever that is, and that's what Michael um, Jordan is about no matter where you come from, no matter what you're going to do, just having the tools and resources to get the most out of your life, the most out of your career, the most out of your business, whatever it is, that's what we, try to, that's what we want to provide going forward. And that's what I want to provide for anyone going forward, is being aware and have the most tools and resources to be the best version of yourself. Yeah, that's a
1: good one. I don't know what i probably going sure to keep going. Um, <laughs> if you could do an autobiography about yourself, you know, your just your life in general, what would be the name of it?
2: Mm. Oh, okay. Oh, I don't know if I can give you an exact name, but a theme. It would be some, something around, um, it, like, something around a quote, similarly, like, accomplishing the most uh, with the least, you know, something that you know, around it, no matter, you know, what you have, accomplishing the most with you do. I can't really you hear a specific name, but the theme would be something around that. Wait, say that one more time. You are breaking up. Oh, I was saying the theme would be something around accomplishing the most with the least. I'm trying to give you an exact name, but that would be like some, it'd be something centered along those lines.
1: No, I like that. I, w- I mean, I would make the, the theme the title.
2: <laughs> that
1: sounds good to me. So <laughs> thank you for – so that was our last question, and I just want to say thank you for jo- not only joining me, but um, putting up with not only my – Lack of, I don't know, like speaking abilities, because I definitely was fucking up throughout this whole thing. <laughs> but also, um, joining like letting me pick your brain. I know some of my questions are kind of weird and it's not, you know, your typical questions for an interview about, about a company, but I like to, you know, keep it spicy, keep it spicy, not the mm-hmm. boring.
2: Yeah, um, it, was definitely, it was definitely a good experience. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was definitely a little it was a piece back and forth, but uh, I definitely enjoyed it. Well,
1: um, is there anything else you would like to say um, before we end this? Uh, Yeah, two
2: things. Anyone that's listening to this, uh, just like I said uh, previously, just trying to be the best version of yourself no matter what it is. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. And be sure to uh, keep up with the platform onto the game. We're, we're, we're striving to create different kinds of content that not only athletes can probably uh, identify with, but anyone that's trying to reach their goals and try to figure out this crazy thing called life. So definitely keep up with us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube because we're definitely doing everything we can to give back and to educate empower and just do our best. Wow.
1: I know for me, I'm definitely going to check out the first episode um, of the finance because I definitely need that. So, because the advice you were giving now was good. So,
2: Mm -hmm. I can send you the link to the playlist.
1: Yes, please. Because you don't know how how bad I'm struggling right now. But,
2: (laughs) yeah, we definitely got to get that, uh, get some more content. We're actually going to shoot an episode tomorrow. And as you say that, uh, for the third episode, so that also be uh, something for people to be looking for.
1: And then, do you have um a specific uh, specific date or time that you usually air and put these out?
2: Um, I wish I did, but I don't. I try to whenever we create something, we try to fit it within uh, within a good schedule with everything else. Because like with the, the podcast, those are usually already in the vault for at least a week or two. So, those already have dates on them. So, with the other content, you try to like space it out based on when the next podcast appears. So, if I have a podcast that's going to come out Monday, and like next week I got a podcast come out Monday and Tuesday, I'll probably try to push out a video Thursday or Saturday, you know, give a little time in between.
1: Damn, you really did think this out.
2: You know, <laughs> I'm,
1: <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you what my process is. Um, Yeah, damn. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll be talking later because I
2: need <laughs> I
1: need you to I definitely need your help with uh not just time management but managing as well. Um,
2: yeah, I learn more every day. <laughs>
1: no, really, that's I think that would be something I want to leave this. I guess this segment of Melanated Mondays off with is your le- your company. You are learning like
2: mm-hmm. as
1: you go. I think that's that's one of the quotes I have put on my page. Um, which was learn as you go. Megan the Stallion said it during her like makeup tutorial. But <laughs> you can you can use that literally with anything because I'm le- literally learning as I go. There are so many mistakes I've made, um, and I've I've fixed them as I've gone. So, and I'm still making mistakes, sadly. But it's all right. <laughs> At least it's not <laughs> a monetary loss. It's just time loss. But, yeah. all right thank you so much again for joining this was great um thank you for answering all my questions and again dealing with my my wackiness so
2: <laughs> no problem